Welcome, guys. If it's your first, you like run over here. There's so many people up here. Anyway, uh, if it is your first time here, my name is John. Hopefully, met you on the way in, but I'm the lead pastor here. Appreciate you checking us out um, this Sunday. But as Adam said, we are in week two that he actually kicked off last week. We're in week two of this series that we're calling Bite Size, um, where over the next couple of weeks, just a short little series, we're going to be taking a look at these bite-sized nuggets of wisdom found in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is located in the Old Testament, and it was written by a guy named Solomon. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Solomon, Solomon was one of the kings of Israel um, and one of the greatest kings of Israel. And something interesting happened in Solomon's life. One night, God came to him in a dream. And God told him to ask for anything he wanted. Whatever it is, you name it, it's yours. Now, I was thinking about this. Like, what if, what if God came to you and just said, hey, John, or hey, you know, whatever your name is, what do you want? Just name it, it's yours. I was asking some of our volunteers earlier what they would ask for. And two of them simultaneously said, I would ask for inner peace. Very interesting. I think some of you might ask for wealth. Some of you might ask for a spouse. Well, so much God can do, but you can ask for it. All right. Uh, but Solomon, he asked for wisdom. And specifically, we read that he asked for wisdom and understanding so that there was a reason behind his request. He asked for wisdom and understanding so that he could be a right and just ruler of God's people. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for women. He didn't ask for, for additional sort of, sort of power. All he wanted was the ability to be the very best king he could be to lead God's people. So God said, all right, not a problem. I will do what you've asked. I will give you more wisdom and understanding than anyone has ever had before or will ever have again. And so it is in this moment, according to scripture, that Solomon has become the wisest man that has ever lived. And so over the next couple of weeks, we are just kind of diving into this man's wisdom. We're going to lean into this guy's wisdom. We're going to find out what he has to say, because if we can begin to understand the wisdom of Solomon, rather, if we can just, if we can begin to sort of embrace it and apply it to our lives, then according to Solomon, it will make our lives better and it will make us better at life. And I feel like that's something we all want to be better at. Now, before we kind of jump into today's sort of bite-sized nugget of wisdom, I just want to ask you a question, just to sort of prime the pump, so to speak, um, just sort of get the juices flowing to get you ready to hear what Solomon has to say to you today. So this first question, I just want you to, I want you to really be honest with yourself, and you don't have to answer out loud or anything, but just be thinking about it. So here it is. Do you believe that God knows what's best for you? I mean, do you really believe that God knows what's best for you? Because if, if you're a Christian and, and, and if you really do believe that God knows what's best for you, then who would you always run to? God. I mean, if you believe that God really knew what was best for you, who would you always listen to? God. I mean, imagine if God really did know what's best for you, and he would communicate to you what he would have you do in certain scenarios, and then imagine you actually did it. Would that not significantly impact the quality of your life and the outcomes of your life? It would, absolutely. Now, let me kind of bump this up a notch. Do you believe 
do you believe that God knows what's best for you better than you know what's best for you? It's like, okay, hold on. I mean, I know he's God and creator of the universe and he did all that kind of thing, but like, here's the deal. When it comes to my life, okay, listen, I know he's God, but when it comes to my life, all right, when it comes to my family and my career and my future, it's a bunch of mys, right? When it comes to all that, I actually, am, I'm, I'm the one that knows what's best for me, yeah. I mean, I know what will fulfill me. I know what will make me happy. I know what will satisfy my needs. I, I know the decisions that I've got to make and I am able to perfectly predict the outcomes of those Decisions. I, I know what's best for me. God would say, mm, no, you don't. You, you don't. I mean, he would say, I, I know better than you what will fulfill you. I know better than you what will satisfy you. I know better than you what will make you happy. I know better than you what will get you the outcomes that you so desire in your life, that you pray for in your life. I know better than you. And so you, he would say, you got to make a decision. Who knows best, you or me? Now, before you push back, because you know, I think we all kind of want to push back a little bit because we think we know what's best, right? Let me ask you a follow-up question. Now, here's the deal with this next question. You're not going to like this next question. Have you ever made a decision that you were convinced was right, but it only led to regret? I mean, you were absolutely sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this, this decision you're about to make is going to make you happy. It's going to bring you joy. It's going to satisfy all your needs. Maybe it was a, a relationship decision. Maybe it was a, a business decision. Maybe it was a financial decision. I mean, whatever it was. Like, this was going to be the best decision you've ever made in your entire life. Put it in the books. And after you sign on the dotted line, after you said yes at the altar, after you drove it off the lot, after you made the decision and experienced the outcome of said decision, you realized, mm, I was wrong. To quote Ron Burgundy, I immediately regret this decision, okay? Milk was a bad choice. It, like we all have, we've all been there, more than you'd like to admit. This is why Solomon makes the comment that there is a way that appears to be right. But in the end, it leads to death. Now, I'm not saying your decision led to death, but certainly led to regret. The thing that we all need to recognize and realize and be honest with ourselves about is that sometimes we don't know what's best for us. And if you look back over your life, you just know this to be the case sometimes. Because we've all done things that we were convinced were right. And yet it only brought you regret. We look at some of those decisions we've made, thinking that this decision, wise as it may be in our own minds, that this decision is going to lead to happiness. It's going to lead to prosperity. It's going to lead to whatever. And what we found out is that the outcome of that decision, the outcome we experienced was not what we had expected. That is brilliant as we thought we were, and let's be honest, we all think we're brilliant, as brilliant as we thought we were, things did not turn out the way we thought they would. That's because we don't always know what's best for us. Furthermore, and this is what makes sort of bad decisions all the more 
I hate to use the word tragic, but sometimes they are tragic. It just makes them more difficult. Is that often, often, there is a big gap between the decisions we make and the outcomes of those decisions. Meaning, sometimes you've got to make a decision today. Like right now, on the spot, in the moment, but the outcome, the consequences, the ramifications of those decisions, sometimes they don't come down to like to way down the road. Which means that, that some of you perhaps, I, I don't know your stories, but like some of you maybe, maybe you made a decision when you were 16 years old. And you thought this decision you were going to make is going to make you happy. This is what you want. This is going to satisfy your life. This, this thing is going to bring joy into my life. This is the thing I need to be doing. And now, at 45, you're still carrying the consequences of that decision you made when you were 16 years old. Some of you leased that car. Adam was talking about leasing cars last week. Some of you leased that car, and you knew it was too expensive. I mean, you just, you knew. But, hey, you deserve it, right? You deserve it. And now it's two years later, and your family is paying for it. The outcomes of our decisions are not what we always expect them to be. Which is why it is so crucial to make the right decision up front. But how? Today, Solomon's going to tell us. So what I want to do for you today is I want to walk you through one of the most famous Proverbs that Solomon wrote, like top three. In fact, I could make an argument that this is perhaps one of the greatest or most popular verses in all of Scripture. This is one of those Proverbs that if you grew up going to church and you went to Sunday school as a kid or kids' church or whatever they called it, like somebody probably forced you to memorize this proverb at some point in your life. It's one of those proverbs that you would find on like a bookmark. You know, someone gave you this bookmark when you graduated eighth grade. And you're like, great, a bookmark. Thank you so much for this. I don't know. <laughs> Wonderful. It's got the little thing that hangs off the top. So you don't, okay. Because you're really, okay. Like, this is one of those bookmarks that like when you go to your grandmother's house, you would find this you know, sort of crocheted on a pillow. And if you're Italian like I am, it's like couch that has the plastic covering on it all the time. Don't know why. And it's one of those proverbs that if you read daily devotions, which I do, I like Jesus calling, it, it's, it, it always seems to pop up. And in fact, this proverb always seems to find me, as I kind of like to think about it, it always seems to find me exactly when I need it. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, told us this in Proverbs 3.5. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, this bite-sized nugget of wisdom goes against something that we've all heard our whole lives, doesn't it? Because all of us have been told by someone or some song or some movie that, hey, listen, you got to do what your heart tells you, right? You got to follow your heart. You got to listen to your heart, okay? Like, okay and next week, we're going to talk about why the heart is the last thing that you want to be listening to. But what Solomon is saying here is that you don't trust your heart. Hey, you got to trust the Lord with your heart. Because we have all, speaking for myself at least, we have all made decisions based on our hearts that led to regret. Because sometimes our hearts are wrong. I mean, sometimes they're right, but a lot of times they're wrong. 
Like it was your heart that, that told you to sort of get with that guy or get with that girl. And, and now it's two years or two decades later, and it's that same heart telling you to get rid of that guy or get rid of that girl. So which is it? Right? I mean, depending on the day, depending on the traffic, depending on how hungry you are, depending on how many glasses of wine you've had, our hearts tell us all kinds of things. And there is something inside each and every single one of us that screams to us, don't trust your heart. And yet, what do we do? We talk ourselves into trusting our hearts. Solomon continues. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, lean not on your own understanding. Now, Solomon is not saying, hey, listen, I need you to abandon your intellect. Thank you very much. He's not saying don't try to understand what's happening or the decisions you need to be making. And he's saying don't ask God why. He's not saying don't ask God why. He's saying that when it comes to your reasoning, when it comes to your understanding and God's opinion, yet God's opinion rules. God's opinion wins. If we can begin to understand this and embrace this and and accept this as truth, that God actually knows what's best for us better than we know what's best for us. Once we understand that and embrace that, then we can run all of our decisions through God's will. We can run all of our decisions through the, you know, what would God have me do in this scenario? Right? Like the old Jesus bracelets. What would Jesus do? Those things. And so when we come to that fork in the road, when it's time to make a decision and our understanding conflicts with God's will, when our way appears to be very different from the way that God would do something, then according to Solomon, we are to lean in God's direction, not in our own. And when we start doing this, this will transform the way that we make decisions and it will lead to much better outcomes. He continues. He says, in all your ways. Now this is interesting because when you go back and you look at the original Hebrew, this word all that Solomon used, it actually means all. Okay, he's not saying like in most of the cases, he's not saying like in some of your ways or or whenever you feel like it, he has left us absolutely no wiggle room at all. He is saying in all your ways, meaning in all your dating ways, in all of your parenting ways, in all of your morality ways, in all of your professional ways, in all of your financial ways, in every arena of your life, in every aspect of your life, in all of your ways, submit to him. And in some of our translations, it says, acknowledge him. In other words, God, um, here's how I was taught to parent. What do you have to say? God, here's how I was taught to think about sex and dating. What do you have to say? God, here's how I was taught to think about money. What do you have to say? Or God, here's how I was taught to think about marriage and, and respect. What do you have to say? It's this idea that he's driving at, that in every aspect of our lives, not just our spiritual lives, in our everyday lives, in every aspect, and in every way, we are to acknowledge that God knows what's best for us, that we are to seek his will and then submit 
our will to his will. Now, what's really great about Proverbs 3, 6 here is that this is actually classified as one of God's principles. What is a principle? A principle is an unchangeable truth. So unlike a command, we're familiar with commands, commands say, you know, do this or, or don't do that. A principle says, here's what happens when you do this, or here's what happens when you do not do this. So in Proverbs 3, 6, the principle here says that in all your ways, submit to him and, meaning that when you've submitted everything in your life to God, he will make your paths straight. That's a principle. This is a promise. Now, when we read this at first glance, I think, I think we're tempted to think, well, if I trust God, then he'll just straighten out whatever path I choose. That's not what he's saying. What Solomon is saying here is that when you submit all of your ways, every aspect of your life to God, then he will make that path you're supposed to take basically obvious, right? It's going to be unmistakably clear as to what you should do. Now, furthermore, speaking of just a straight path, a straight path protects us from side roads, from detours, like what we got going on in Broward right now, all right? Or just the confusion of these paths that aren't straight. Now, the thing with God's paths is that they're not always the easiest one, but they're always the best one. See, Solomon wants every single one of us to realize that that straight path is found when we acknowledge that God knows better than we do. And how many of us, when you think back to that season in your life, that chapter of your life, you wish you could just sort of, you know, pretend was not there. I mean, how many of those regrets could have been avoided if we just decided that God knows better than we do? I mean, that purchase, that drunken night, that business trip you went on, that deal. I mean, what if we had just decided to run all of those decisions through the will of God? God, here's what I'm about to do. What do you have to say? How different might our lives have turned out? To the God's honest truth, we don't always know what's best for us. But the God's honest truth is that God always knows what's best for us. And if we could begin to lower our pride, I think it's a pride issue. If we could begin to lower our pride, and if we could begin to place God at the center of every decision that we have to make, our lives can be transformed, dramatically so. So earlier this week, it's like Monday, my wife and I, we were sitting and having... Um, I think it was dinner. And she's like, yeah, I was the day, you know, had the day go, that kind of a thing. And a lot of times on Mondays, I melt down. Okay. But like this one was, she's like, how did it go? Uh, Christina knows. Um, so she goes, what are we, you know, what are we looking at this week? And I go, well, I'm going to, I want to walk them through Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And when she goes, what is that? And I kind of, I read it to her, I pulled it off my phone. Here's what, here, here's what it said. And then she asked a great question. I mean, my wife is very wise. Don't tell her I said that, but she's a very wise person. And she had a great question. And I have a feeling it's the same question that might be on all of your minds right now. 
Because as soon as I was done reading her this proverb, she immediately, without hesitation, goes, well, that's all good, but are you going to tell us how to find out what God wants us to do? Because what Solomon says, that sounds great. I mean, it looks great in a pillow or in a poster you'd find in a you know, Christian bookstore. But like, how do we know what God wants us to do? I mean, if he knows what's best, then how do we know what God knows? Well, thankfully, God wants you to know what he wants you to do. God is not interested in, in sort of hiding his will for you. And you're going to like, you know, like he's not like the IRS who, you know, makes you figure your own taxes out. They know the number already, but like you got to figure it out. When you don't get that number right, you go to jail. He's not like that. He wants you to know exactly what he wants you to do. Now, based on scripture, there are a number of ways that we can begin to discern, meaning figure out, and learn what the will of God is for this world and for our own lives. One of the best ways that we can seek God's will, according to Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon said that we should seek counsel from others. Meaning, as you begin your journey of discovering God's will for your life, a great place to start is to speak to the people that God has put into your life. A lot of us do this naturally, don't we? You got an issue, you got a question, you got a decision you're kind of wrestling around with, and what do you do? You call a friend, you call up mom, call up dad. Hey, what are your thoughts on this? I got, I'm trying to, you know, what do you think about all this? What is your thoughts? Okay. Seeking advice from others is incredibly important because according to Solomon, the way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise, well, they listen to advice. Solomon's like, hey, Einstein, okay, listen, I realize you think you know it all. I realize, you know, you think you know better than anybody else, but the person who just goes out guns blazing, without having asked anybody for any advice, who's ignored what everybody has sort of poured into their life, that person, yeah, they're a fool, okay? That's not wisdom, that's arrogance. He says plans, well, they fail without good advice, but they succeed when there are many advisors. So what Solomon is saying is that if you want to make wise decisions, you need to invite wise people into your life. Now, notice that I said we need to invite wise people into our lives. Why? Listen, our friends are great, right? Love our friends. But they're not all wise, right? They're not all road scholars. They're not all, you know, Mother Teresa's. I mean, they're great on a Friday night and a lot of fun, and you should keep hanging out with them. But Solomon would say that you need to be intentional and you need to be strategic to surround yourselves with some godly people, people who know you, who love you, who are aware of your situation and who know God. Now, in my own personal experience, God has used other people to speak truths into my lives more than any other way. So I would challenge you, surround yourselves with godly people and listen to them. Because according to scripture, God will use them. Now, another way that we can begin to sort of learn God's will for our lives is to read the Bible, right? Shocker, we're a church, what'd you expect us to say, all right? But like, we believe this is so important that one of our members actually donated Bibles to place on every single chair, but because of the stupid coronavirus, we can't put them out yet. But like, the truth is, if we are not reading the Bible, we're just, we're flying blind, folks. We really are. 
Paul, this guy who wrote over half the New Testament, he says this about Scripture. He says the whole Bible, including the maps, was given to us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out. I like that. That straight path. It straightens us out and it helps us do what is right. We have a book, the Holy Bible, right? It's available in paper form. It's available on your phone. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but it contains the actual words of God. It contains the promises of God. It contains the principles of God. And it can change our lives. It can save our lives. And it can save us from regret. And yet, how many of us have never opened it? We own one. Oh, that looks good in the coffee table, especially when your parents come by. <laughs> but you've never opened it. In fact, the closest thing you've ever come to reading the Word is what I put up here on this TV next to me. Now, I don't say this to make you feel bad. We don't try to make people feel bad in church, but that's a red flag. I mean, it is. It's a red flag because it means that you are operating based on your own understanding and your own experiences and not on what God has taught us. And that path ain't straight. See, ultimately, the reason that we begin reading God's word is so that we know God. Solomon said that in all of your ways, acknowledge him. And that word acknowledge that he uses in Hebrew means to have a, an intimate um, acquaintance with him. It's not so much to, 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 to know that God exists. It's not so much to even believe in God. Rather, you need to know him. You need to know his ways. You need to know his thoughts. So let me put it like this. Is anyone in your life that you just know their ways? Right? You, just, like, you know what they would do. You know what they would say. You just, you just know their ways. A great example is sort of when we were kids. We were all kids at one point. I don't know if you know that. Like kids with their parents, all right? When you were a kid, you just, you just knew your parents. Then you just knew them. I remember distinctly one time, I think it was like a sophomore year in high school. It was like a Friday. A buddy comes up to me. He goes, hey, John, listen, big party night. I'm talking Rager. Rachel's parents, they're out of town. Zach's older brother, he's getting a keg. You in? You coming? And I go, no, nah, I, I can't go. Well, what do you mean you can't go? Well, my parents won't let me. Well, what do you mean they won't let you? I just told you about the party. You haven't even asked. I don't need to ask them. I just know my parents. They will not let me go to that party. So no, I'm not going to that party. By spending time with your parents, by watching your parents, by studying your parents, you are able to make decisions based on knowing them. And in the same respect your heavenly father wants for your life, God wants you to study him. God is saying, guys, I've, I've, in the scriptures, I've made available to you thousands of years of history, account after account of, of people interacting with me. I've made available to you my commands, my promises, those principles, my teachings. I've opened up my heart so you could see the very nature of God. And like you watched your parents, like you studied your parents, do that with me through my word, so that your ways begin to look more like my ways. That through reading the scripture, we could know God so well that almost instinctually, we could discern 
we would know his will for our lives. Then when it comes some time to making those decisions, when it, you know, even on the spur of the moment at times, we could have the confidence to know that we know that we know that we know what our heavenly father would have us do. And lastly, we got to pray. This is, this is daily going for the Lord and saying, God, I am, I am choosing to submit to you. I am choosing to lean on you. I'm not going to lean on my experience. I'm not going to lean on my insight. I'm not going to lean on my education. I'm not going to abandon it all. But I am choosing to lean on you. God, help me to lay aside my emotions. Help me to lay aside my desires and, and help me to lean on your love. You see, we think that we all know the best path for us, right? We may think that we know what will make us happy, what will bring us joy, and what will make us satisfied. But the truth is, we don't have a very good track record, do we? Which is why the wisest man who ever lived, someone who could, if anyone could, lean on their own understanding, did not because he knew that not even he could trust his own judgment. And so he looks at us and he urges us and he says, you need to trust the one who not only knows, but sees where every path leads. So it's practical. What do you do with a message like this? Every single week at DHC, if it's your first time here, we put this word on the screen because we want to make sure you can leave on a Sunday and, and just know exactly what to do with what you've heard. So in light of this bite-sized nugget of wisdom that Solomon has, has given us today, I think one of the fundamental questions that we all need to wrestle with, not just today, not just tomorrow, but for the rest of our lives, is, do I trust that God knows what's best for me? Do I really trust that God knows what's best for me? Because the harsh reality, folks, is that until we believe this, until we embrace this, life ain't gonna be different. This is not. Because if we continue to rely on our own understanding, if we continue to lean into our own hearts, then, then we might get a couple of things right. We might. It's even a broken clock. Tells the time twice, right, whatever it is every day. I don't know. <laughs> but you're walking a path that is fraught with potential regret. However, if we can lay down our pride and if we can begin to trust God with our everything, he will, that's a promise, that's a principle, he will make our paths straight. It will make our lives better and we will be better at life. Let me pray for you. Dearly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we could come here today. I'm just so thankful for the wisdom on loan from you, God, that you gave to Solomon. Because every single one of us wants to make the right decision, the wise decision, and we are trying our hardest, and yet we seem to fail more times than we succeed, God. And it's because we're relying on ourselves. 
I pray that today, Lord, you would convict us. I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage to lean not on ourselves, but to trust in you. Lord, because you know every path. You see the past. You see the present. You see the future. You see it simultaneously. We can only see but five feet ahead, and it's cloudy at best. God, so help us to rely on the one who knows where every path leads. Help us to trust you. Give us the wisdom in our marriages, in our relationships, in our families, in our finances, in our careers, in everything we do, in every aspect of our lives. Help us, Lord, to abandon ourselves, to submit our will to yours. And help us to hold firm to the promise, Lord, that you will make our paths straight. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.